Welcome to Fast Times with D&D High, where our title might be fast, but puberty is slow and painful. I'm your DM, Persephone, and I'm joined by our players, Nuance. Hi, I'm Nuance, she, her, and I play Suri, she, her, a Wanti cleric. Ren. Hey, I'm Ren, they, them, and I play Cecil, also they, them, a half-orc druid. Elise. Hi, I'm Elise, she, her, and I play Hudson, he, him, and elven barbarian. Kara. Hi, I'm Caro, they, them, and I play Ollie, he, him, a human rogue. All right, let's get this started. Last time on Fast Times at D&D High. So, um, well, we all had our first day of classes at Farnham Correctional. For Ollie and Surrey, it was a chaotic experience. They, they had to contend with this bully, Manette, and, and help this younger boy, Ned, from getting in trouble for setting off a huge barrage of magic missiles in class. Hudson and Ollie had sword fighting class, and there was, I guess, an unfortunate incident with this guy named Grange who punched Ollie? I only heard about it from the other students in the hallway, but I heard that Hudson started it? I, I, I don't know, I, I was pretty blissfully unaware of all of this as I was in my botany classes, where I met my new friend Unk. Oh, oh no, I was supposed to have lunch with them, but then Surrey and I saw this weird cat go into a glowing door, and Hudson and Ollie followed us, probably to make fun of the nerds. And then there was this very strange music, and then everything went dark. Or are we gonna get in trouble for this? floods the hallway from it, washing away the world around you. And it starts to fade and get dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. And when you can finally see again, you are in a brightly lit room. All the walls are mirrored glass, from the ones that surround you to the ceiling to the floor. The room stretches forward in a long, straight pathway. And at the end of it, you see two mirrored columns and in between it, a pedestal. On that pedestal is a small box. What do you do? You can also see each other. I should mention that. Whoa, what is this place? We. I don't know exactly, but I think we went through some sort of portal or dimension. I mean, we're, we're not in Barnum anymore, or maybe we are. I don't know. I'm not sure. But hey, there's a box over there, so I'm going to go check that out. No, Do we hear the singing still? No. I really think that probably we're not supposed to be here. And you know, I'm trying really hard to make sure that I don't mess up any worse so that I can go back to my real school. And, and I just don't want to get in trouble. And but... Didn't you two just follow, like, a cat here or something? Y yeah, but I don't want to touch anything. Oh, I won't touch anything. I'll use Mage Hand. Don't worry. I cast Mage Hand and pick up the box. Ollie, please give me a wisdom saving throw. 
Oh, this is not going to be good. Uh, that's a six. Ollie, you reach out with Mage Hand, and you touch the surface of the box with your magical power. And the hand that you cast out, normally when you cast Mage Hand, you can't feel it. You're connected to it, but you don't have a sensation of touch. You feel a bite of electric shock travel up your arm from the hand. You feel your connection to it sever and break, and the hand disappears. And you take two damage. Yow! Ah! Whoa, are, are you, you alright okay? there, little buddy? Uh, yeah, that's, uh, it bit me. It bit you? It Through mage hand? Yeah, I, I've never had that happen before. I mean, I'm not a- I, I mean, I, I have not heard of that happening either um, in arcane studies. Do we still see the cat, or is the cat just poofed? Roll perception. Yeah, no, seven. The only thing that you see in the room are the mirrored walls and the floors and your own reflections peering back at you. Oh, wait a minute. This is probably like an escape room or something, right? What? Okay, so we just need to figure out the puzzle and we'll get out. Huh? Yeah, you know. Oh, that's right. Uh, Hudson. Uh, listen, Hudson. Uh, look how pretty you are. Oh! You know this would be a great place to put some workout equipment? You could see yourself from every angle. That's a really good point. Hudson, please give me an insight check. Ah, that is a 13. Hudson, you peer at your reflection in the mirror. You sort of start flexing your varsity jacket, stretching around your godlike muscles, you Adonis. Woohoo. Um, sorry, I should really do better description than that. No, um, that was perfect. That was perfect. <laughs> yeah, like the narrators clearly had it with Hudson. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, I love that. And you keep posing, making different poses, and then for a second, you could swear that your reflection freezes in one pose, and you go to the next one, and it doesn't follow you. But then when you look back, it's in the same pose you are. Whoa, guys, this mirror has bad Wi-Fi. Well, it's like lagging or something. I don't think that's how mirrors work. Hudson keeps doing poses, but like slightly faster than he was before, trying to see if he can make it do the thing again. The mirror is lagging. It doesn't happen again. Huh. I wonder if it's part of the puzzle. Uh, I'm going to walk over to the box and take a look at it. See if there's any symbols on it or anything I can recognize. You walk over to the box and you sort of peek at it. And on the top, on the mirrored surface, there are etchings. In the center is a carving of a dragon around a diamond. And around the sides, there's detail working, um, scroll work on the edges that go down the box. You also see that some of that scroll work works its way down to the pedestal below it and that they're all glowing, these four lines of scroll work that twist down this mirrored pedestal. Hmm, are they any specific colors or anything like that? They are white. They're all white, okay. Uh, all right, well, I don't want to get shocked again. Uh, uh, is it some kind of circuit, maybe? Like, and the reason you got shocked is because it was, the power went up when you disrupted, when your mage hand disrupted the circuit, sparked could be Whoa. uh well 
What do you think we should do? Uh, um, I, uh... Sir, you're, like, really smart. Oh, uh, thank you. I, no, it just, it, that was just made sense, um, and I'm not sure what to do about it, so I guess probably not that smart, um, but, um, maybe, uh, going off of Suri's idea that this might be circuitry, um, the individual sides all kind of, uh, do they actually link up with the runes that are going down the, the side of the pedestal? Yeah. With the etching, do they, do the lines on the pedestal of the same scroll work line up with the ones on the box? Yes. Yes, they do. And just judging by the way it looks, if we turned the box around, uh, if we rotated the box, would that still hold true? Like, is this is the box square, and could we rotate the box? Yes. What do you think, Sari? Should we turn it? I, I think so. Maybe taking it off, like, undid the circuit, clo- uh, closed the circuit, open the circuit. I'm not really sure how circuits entirely work. Cecil is just kind of awkward uh, flailing with their hands a little bit. Cecil looks like they have an idea. Cecil also would get smart. So actually, I, I really think that if Oliver, I, I, what was your name? I don't remember. Um, yeah, yeah. Call me Oli. Ali. All right. Um, with an, like with an O. It's whatever. If O is correct, and this is some sort of escape room, this is clearly for upperclassmen, and it's a test or something. So, so what we really need to do is get out our phones and look up the school directory and contact somebody and explain that we did not mean to get in here and uh, to come rescue us. All right, well, yeah, that sounds like a great task for you to do. Uh, I turned the box. <laughs> okay, first, Cecil, you try to work your phone and it is all glitchy. You can't get a signal. You can't even get it to start. When you look at the surface of it, it's waving, almost like you're viewing a computer screen through a cell phone lens. Um... Yeah, the, the Wi-Fi for the mirrors is already pretty bad, so I figure your phone's probably not going to work down here. Does anybody else's phones work? Ollie. Mm-hmm. Which way do you turn the box? I'm going to turn the box clockwise to where I'm standing in front of the pedestal now. So I turn it righty. Uh, Ollie, I-, I don't know if this at all works, but I've always heard righty tidy lefty loosen. You turn the box clockwise, and you shift it down to where the position of the 6 and the 12 would be. When you move it and position it again, you see that the lines of scrollwork that were white on the pedestal disappear, and new ones form. You see blue lines start to form from the north, south, east, and west in the new position, and twist down the pedestal. You also see that the same lines continue to travel down into the glass below you, and the entire floor forms this design of almost cursive-like scrollwork that twists up the walls onto the ceiling and the ground below you. Whoa! Cecil, please make a perception check. 19. You hear a click from behind you. When Cecil hears the click, they will turn to where the click came from. 
There is no longer a door there. What did you do? I'm going to turn the box again in the same direction. You turn the box again, this time turning it so that it almost forms a diamond on the pedestal. The lines disappear again from where they once were and form green scroll work that travels down the pedestal and into the floor and onto the walls. Whoa! I'm going to turn it one more time. Same thing happens, except this time they all turn yellow. I think it's a puzzle. Um, I, I think it might be somehow attuned to the different people in here, and we should try having people touch the box that we think might be associated with these different colors. Is this like a DJ booth or something? It's magic! But how could that, how could it be attuned to us? We just, but we just arrived. Why would? Well, we were all called into this magic room for some reason, right? I guess. Yeah, no, but... you, were, you were following a spirit of some sort, right? Something well, like that? No, we, we were, we were not. I, I was stupidly following a thing, uh, which doesn't matter. And you also followed us? It was a cat. I'm pretty sure it was a cat. I just followed Sethel. Fine, fine. It was a cat, yes. But it was talking, and I thought that was very strange, and so... I would say that was strange, yeah. Well, I mean, I could be wrong. Uh, As far as I know, I am the resident authority on magic here. Well, I guess... If it's not specifically attuned to us as people, but more as the individuals who came into this escape room, I guess it would kind of make sense. Like, it would just do that for anybody who showed up, not not us. Um, yeah, or you get to pick, like, your favorite color. It's probably some kind of test. To know your favorite color! <sighs> oh no, I didn't study. Mine's red! Don't think you both need to be straight with us here. I know that we're nerds or whatever, but are you hazing us? Is is that what this is? Hazing? Because it's not funny. I, I'm not trying to be funny, and I'm not messing with you. Isn't that when like you're kind of confused? You get hazing. Like, like if you. No, oh. no, that's 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 not it at all. No. Do you, but do you, do you, do you promise? I mean, um, if this is, I'll laugh or or be sad or, or whatever. Just we're we're gonna miss lunch. You don't have to. You don't have to I, be I, sad. I, I just mean like sometimes popular people just leave you and you know don't care. Oh, buddy, I don't know anybody here yet. I just started like today. Yeah, I know you don't know anybody I just, here yet. I just meant like if if it was some kind of trick or, or hoax or, or hazing, like I will give whatever um uh response that they're looking for if they just promise to end it before lunch so we don't miss any classes. I don't wanna get in trouble. If this was a trick, it'd be a pretty mean trick. Ollie, is your hand still on the box? Yes. Uh, I'm gonna try to turn it again. Does it? Does have I turned it fully or like back to its starting position? No. Okay, so if I turned it again, it would be back in the starting position. Correct. Okay, I'm gonna before I turn it, I'm just gonna try to open it. It does not open. 
Okay. I'm going to turn it back to green and see if I can open it. Does not open. I'm going to turn it back to blue and see if I can open it. Does not open. Turn it back to white, see if I can open it. You turn it back to white, or what was the white position, and instead it turns red, filling the room with reflections of eerie red light. This is my favorite color! Guys, we did it! It's also my favorite color. What? You got great taste, fam. I don't know. I feel it's a little more foreboding. In the movies, when everything turns red, it is never a good sign. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna try to open it. Instead of opening the box, you feel a vibration of energy travel up your fingertips, through the bones of your arm, up through your back and down your spine to your feet, and then travel up and back again. When you look at the red scroll work, and you look at the box itself, the box starts to glow. Verification test in progress. Whoa! Verification test in progress. You see that the box changes color. First turning a silvery gray, then green, then red, then black, before turning back to the original mirrored form. Silver. Air. Fire. Secret. And then the light turns back to red and fades into white. Confirmed. This is so cool. You did it, buddy. You solved it. Uh, did, did anyone happen to catch what all those words were? Just like, we should jot them down. I heard silver, air, fire, secret. Confirmed. Did anybody else pick anything else up? Uh, yeah, the, the box turned gray and then green and then red and then black in that order. So Suri has pulled her backpack off, pulled out a notebook and a pencil, and is actually writing things down. Because while they may be in a weird, non-planar room of colors, mirrors, lights, and boxes, nothing is going to stop her from taking notes when appropriate. All right, hang on. I want to give it a try. Let me try. Hudson makes uh, his way over to the box and then puts his hands on it and then he turns it like Ollie was turning it. You turn it and the light in the room turns blue and you see that the box begins to shimmer again. Verification test begun. Guys, we're doing it. I'm doing it. I guess blue was my favorite color. You're not sure? I thought it was red, but the box told me it was blue. The box changes color again. This time... It goes gray, then a deep dark brown, then bright red, and then orange. Silver, earth, war, fire, confirmed. And then the light turns back to white. Whoa, that's totally red. Cecil, Cecil, you should do it. What's your favorite color? Uh, Hudson will very excitedly make his way over to Cecil and then sort of just like give them a a push to the box. Come on, you can do it. It's not scary. It doesn't hurt. Do you push them? I'm just, I'm not like trying to force you. I'm just like gently moving you. Like, like do it, do it, do it. Uh, that was all of, all of Cecil's resolve. And Cecil does Cecil's 
uh, nervous reaction, and then uh, poof, and suddenly there is a lizard on the floor. Wait, where'd they go? Which seems to sigh. Hudson does not look at the ground and is just like looking around for Cecil. Man, they are so good at this. Hey, a lizard! Let's, uh, let's come back to Cecil. Sorry, do you want to try? Well, no, but if that's what it's going to take to get out, I, I guess so. Um, so Suri will approach the box and just kind of clearly full of trepidation is going to place her hands on the box, just already tensing in an expectation of hurting. You shift the box once more and the light turns green, but nothing else happens. I guess green's not your favorite color. I guess. And she sh- well, shifts again. The light turns yellow and the box shimmers and starts to change color again. First, it goes black. Then it goes red. And then for a brief moment, there's a sort of flicker where the box shifts between all colors of the rainbow and then goes still, turning back to the mirrored form. I only got three things and I'm sad. Everybody else got four. You got a fucking rainbow. That is true. Does that mean Sarah's the gayest? Yes, win. <laughs> War. Secrets. Chaos. Confirmed. I don't know what that means. I don't know, but yellow's a great color, and I think it'll look good on you, too. Thank you. I mean, um, wait, no, uh, I should... Thank you, um... If this is all one big crisp feed, what color is your soul test? I'm going to be actually really grateful. Never mind, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think that means that Cecil's favorite color is green. I don't know where they went, but I found a lizard. He picks up Cecil. Cecil is now, if Cecil does not fight, you know, sitting lovingly nested on Hudson's shoulder. I wouldn't say the lizard is lovingly nested. It is slightly stiff. Hudson doesn't know the difference. Pat, 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 pat. Alright, so uh, Cecil, you're a lizard. Uh, what do you need right now to not be a lizard? Cecil's and a lizard? Maybe turn the box. Buddy? Hold Cecil out in front of him like, oh my god! This makes so much more sense! There's like a little bit of a scrambling and the eyes are very wide. Uh, I think maybe putting Cecil on the ground would be good. Hudson puts Cecil back down on the ground. The lizard kind of stands up and and wavers a little bit and then Cecil's back. Hey! Kind of like sitting on the floor looking up very sheepishly. So there's only one color left and I'm pretty sure green's your color. I think so. Looks great on you. It's about nature. Uh, it's the last color left, and you're the last person left. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I am green, so... It really goes with your complexion, I think. And your eyes. Matches your eyes. Yeah! Uh, Cecil will stand up and grudgingly go over to the box and twist it to the green position. The light turns green, and then the box starts to change again. 
Verification test. The box turns green, then blue, then red, then white. Earth. Water. War. Light. Confirmed. Verification test completed. Buffering. 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 Aptitude test. Begin. What? The pedestal with the box sinks into the mirror below, which ripples and pools like water, and that the scrollwork on the floor disappears with it, sucking down into the same position that the pedestal was in and absorbing itself below, leaving you in an entirely mirrored room, brightly lit with no reflections. In front of you, on the back wall, that this gathering shape forms in the glass, this mist that's underneath the surface, twisting and rolling and bubbling, and it starts to form a shape. And that shape splits into four perfect reflections of each one of you, standing there, blank-faced. Whoa! Begin mirror aptitude test. Start. You see the surface of the mirror in front of you ripples, and each one of your copies steps out of the mirror. And as they come out, all the color from your clothing, your skin, everything that was in the flexion drains away, and you see four glass copies with liquid glass skin that mirrors everything around it step in front of you and pull up weapons. I need everyone to roll initiative. Darkling fight! We have weapons? (laughs) Well, I don't know what you're carrying, but I don't have weapons. Suri has a strict no weapons in school policy. Yeah, I figured... We aren't allowed to have weapons in school. I guarantee you that Ollie has a knife. (laughs) Ollie's definitely got a dagger on him at least, but yikes. So we have our weapons? You know what? Fuck it. Everyone has their weapons. Like, why would you ask me that on a D&D podcast? (laughs) Well, because we're in high school and most of the times in high school, you don't get to bring your weapons along. Well, you have weapons. It's a dangerous school. So you are trained in various arts that are related to combat, but those aren't the only classes that are taught. There's stuff on recovery magic for medicine, magical psychology, psychiatry, stuff like that. Not every school teaches weaponry and bullshit like that. It happens because magic and heroic acts are sort of part of the world itself. But there are other uses for magic, too. So keep that in mind. Okay? And swords. We start with Hudson. What? You see that these blank-faced copies of you, all reflecting your faces both in form and on the surface, they all reach into the mirror of their bodies, which ripples and waves around their fingers. And they pull out identical weapons to each one that you carry, regardless of whether they're out or not and face you in battle positions. Oh God. Okay. Uh, Hudson draws the longsword from the class earlier and I guess just attacks the one that's closest to him. 
So each copy of each U lines up with the one that they've copied. So Glass Cecil is in front of Cecil, Glass Hudson is in front of Hudson, and so on. Hudson's also gonna shout out, hey, everybody get behind me! Just cuz. Alrighty. Uh, that is a 19 on the die. 19 hits. Uh, three damage. Just to remind me, you attacked yourself, right? Yes. You slash out with the long sword, and your blade meets the flesh of the doppelganger in front of you and bites into it, but you see it waves and ripples around the blade and little droplets of mirror fall to the ground and glass you seems unfazed. So, Ollie, it's your turn. The first thing I do is I'm going to try to get uh, next to Hudson so that I can attack, and then I'll just attack with a rapier and use booming blade. Make your attack roll. That's probably not gonna do it unless a 10 hits. 10 does not hit. You go to pierce your rapier into Glass Hudson and the liquid glass that makes up his body forms a hole right where you're going to pierce. And then when you pull out, it fills back in with liquid mirror. Suri's turn. So while Sarasissa has actual weapons that her parents sent her to school with because there's no way even a disgraced Thesgazi would be caught using school-provided weaponry, she doesn't even think about using those. The first thing she does is slam her hands forward for Guiding Bolt. 21. 21 a hit. Hits. On a hit, the target takes 46 radiant damage, and the next attack made against this target before the end of her next turn has advantage. So Suri is aiming for the mirror version of herself, not necessarily because she's thinking of this as some kind of test, but more because it is very creepy to look up at a mirror version of yourself squaring off against you. That is 16 points of damage. Shit, Suri! Blast your mirror copy, this creepy blank-faced version of yourself. You throw out a bolt of energy at this creepy mirrored copy of yourself, and it slams into it full force. And you see cracks in the mirror start to form all along the front of its body. Yes, Suri! But then they start to shift and form back. Oh dear, okay. As a bonus action, Suri is also gonna just, Mahu, please protect me and shield of faith because we need all the AC we can get. You cast that as a bonus action and you all hear a chorus of singers as Suri casts a spell and white light cascades down on her from above her head. And you hear, Mama And you all recognize the name of a very unpopular goddess. One who's following, you know, is not doing so well. It is now Cecil's turn. All right, Cecil's turn. Cecil gets a look of concentration on their face kind of looks around, sees that everyone else is taking on their mirrored counterparts. And so they focus on their own mirror self. They sigh, and they reach out with their right hand and cast Spike Growth. Spike Growth is a 20-foot radius centered on a point within range. Uh, Hard spikes and thorns come up from the ground. Uh, Looks like they need to make a wisdom check uh, centered on my mirrored counterpart. What was what's your spell safety see? Looks like twelve, the same as before. Yeah. They pass. Alright, well, so uh the ground does not entangle mirror Cecil. Cecil looks disappointed, and that is the end of 
I think the effect is still there and it becomes difficult terrain though, correct? Mm-hmm. The effect that you want does not happen to your mirror copy. However, spikes of mirrored glass do jut out from the ground and it does become difficult terrain. So anyone in that 20 foot radius of where you cast a spell will have to make a saving throw to get through it without taking damage. All of us are, right? Not with the way that Cecil did it. They cast it so that it only focused on Cecil's counterpart and Cecil's counterpart is on the far left side. So it sort of goes up on the walls a bit, but no one else is affected unless you go into that area. It is now Glass Hudson's turn. You see Glass Hudson with their blank, unemotional gaze, reaches up with the sword and goes to slash Hudson and whiffs it big time. The blade bites through the air in front of Hudson's face, but Hudson dodges back and nothing happens. Whoa! With that, it is now Glass Suri's turn. You see Glass Suri raises her hand and focuses in on her real counterpart, is going to make a spell attack. And you see a blast of silver energy comes out of her hands but she also misses and it doesn't hit Suri at all. And in fact, it goes past her and into the mirror of the wall and is absorbed by it. Now it's Glass Ollie's turn. Glass Ollie has not been attacked yet. Glass Ollie disappears in a puff of smoke. And now Glass Cecil. Glass Cecil looks up at actual Cecil and their skin starts to melt and transform and from a glass pool that they sink into in the ground, up comes a giant glass bear with moving shards of glass fur. It gives a roar and reaches up to attack Cecil. And also misses. Its claws go way south and do not hit Cecil at all. Top of initiative order. Hudson, it's your turn. Uh, Hudson's pretty focused on trying to take down Glass Hudson. Is a nine hit? That's not. You missed big time. It is now Ollie's turn. Okay, so for Ollie's turn, he is going to, he's currently next to Hudson. He's going to shift up into the space uh, next to where Mirror Hudson is uh, so that we now have advantage for attacking Mirror Hudson. Um, now with the advantage, I can also attempt to sneak attack him. So I'm going to roll to try to hit. roll two fives plus my DC, so that's ten total. You miss big time. It is now Suri's turn. Suri uses her bonus action to cast Spiritual Weapon. Now, because she used Guiding Bolt last time, she gets to roll with advantage, so I'm doing that now. Twenty-two. You hit. Describe to us what your Spiritual Weapon looks like. Alright, so... In Suri takes a second and just concentrates, and a in her hands, a blade, a, cre- a silver crescent moon blade appears. Uh, she's holding it by its hilt. It, it extends probably about a few feet before you get that that crescent moon shape. Um, a a snake is etched into the metal, uh, going up to the top of the crescent moon. 
and the moon actually opens up into the snake's mouth, which is Fang. It is a truly ridiculous weapon that, if it were real, would probably like catch on everything. But fortunately, it's just spiritual, so it can look cool. Cool. You have this weapon attack, and it hits. Did you roll damage yet? Seven damage. So you create this spiritual blade, this crescent moon that floats up from your hand, and it slashes into your mirror copy. Beads of liquid glass fall to the ground and disappear into the surface. And you see little threads of cracks start to form on the surface of Glassary's face, but this time they do not go away. It is now Cecil's turn. Cecil has just been engaged with bear version of Mirror Cecil. Uh, so... Roar. Bear Cecil's right up against Cecil at this point, correct? Yes. Bear Cecil just tried to attack Cecil, but missed. Cecil reaches down, and attached to their belt is a small, sort of the equivalent of, of like a utility leatherman thing, and pulls it out and clicks a button, and like, and this section of the utility leatherman pops out, and it's a small hand axe. With a little bit of hesitation, Cecil, because it's a bear, and that seems mean, even though it's glass bear, and that's that's fine. But uh, I don't like it. Uh, Cecil reaches back and slashes at the bear with the hand axe. We can pack. Ten. You attempt to cut into this bear with a hand axe while your eyes are closed, and you miss entirely. So when Cecil misses, they are going to kind of just back up just a little bit and reach with their left hand into their pocket, pull out three stones and clutch them in their fist as the stones start to glow, casting magic stone as a cantrip. And that's the end of their turn. All right. It is now Glass Hudson's turn. Glass Hudson is going to attack Hudson again. And this time hits and deals five damage to Hudson as a glass blade bites through your coat. Ah! Glass Surrey's turn. Glass Surrey's hand lights up with light again and aims a blast at Surasissa. And hits. You see a orb of glowing liquid glass burst out of her hand and hit Surasissa, dealing 11 damage. Ah! The crystal seeps into your skin and disappears, leaving a burn behind on your arm. It is now Glass Ollie's turn. Ollie, please make a perception check. Five. Ollie, you look around and you see nothing, which means you miss the attack that comes. You see out of the corner of your eye from your right side, Glass Ollie appears and attempts to stab you in the clavicle, but at the last second misses as you dodge back and does not hit you. It is now Glass Cecil's turn. The glass bear roars and attempts to slash and misses once again as it slashes out with its other claw 
and you move out of the way. It is now Hudson's turn. So Hudson sees his friends, his new best friends, getting hurt. And he's going to go into a rage and shout, Those are my friends! And uh, he rolls. Get a wild surge. So Hudson gets a nine, and the creature needs to make a constitution saving throw or take damage. Fails. So then it takes three damage. A beam bursts from you and into the surface of the glass creature and comes out the other side. You see droplets of mirrored glass fall to the ground and these thin webwork of cracks starts to form on the surface, then melts back into perfect glass. And you still have the rest of your turn because that's just a wild search from your range. Okay. Um, so it is also blinded until the start of my next turn. Okay. It is also blind. All right. Uh, and then I attack again. Hudson attacks with his longsword uh, and only gets a 11. You miss and you try to slash into this creature again and you miss whiffing it big time. Ollie's turn. Uh, Ollie is going to attack last Hudson again, hopefully hitting him this time. 18. 18 hits. Yes. Okay. And I'm going to roll damage. Uh, I'm using Booming Blade on this. Mm-hmm. Oh, sick. I have 25 damage. 25 damage. Damn! What, what? Describe what you do. Um, Ollie pulls his rapier out, kind of looks at it very carefully, and then sticks it into Glass Hudson in just the right spot in his back. You stab into Glass Hudson. Magical energy flowing from your arm and into your blade, crackling with blue light. And you pierce it. The surface goes still and then starts to ripple and bubble and then burst. And shards of glass spill out across the surface of the ground. Way to go, Ollie! Oh wait, can I take a... Can I take a bonus action to basically like glass Ollie's still there? So I'm gonna try to like use a dash action to get a slight distance away from him. I know I'll take an attack of opportunity, but it's better than the full brunt of what he can do, so. Did you wanna take a dash action or did you wanna disengage as a bonus action? Because like Oh sorry, did disengage as a bonus action. Thank you. Cool, I believe folks can do that. You disengage, do not provoke an attack of opportunity. How far do you move? Uh, I'm gonna move back next to where Hudson is standing um, so that I, I still have Hudson at my side. All right. It is now Sarasissa's turn. Sari does not notice how awesome Ollie was at that moment because she's staring at the cracked glass version of herself and she just raises a hand to point at it and says, Mama, who finds you wanting? And a the sound of a dolorous bell fills the air for a moment. And the target must make a wisdom saving throw. It's DC is 12. Passes. Damn it. Suri looks disappointed that the uh, threat of divine displeasure did not pan out. But she still has a spiritual weapon, which will zoom in and make another attack. That's a nat 20. Nat 20. Roll your crit damage. 
For anyone listening at home, I allow crit damage on spells because otherwise it makes me sad. So don't at me. That's 12, 14 damage. Sirskissa, describe how you finish yourself off. Phrasing. Are we not doing phrasing anymore? Anyway. So there's a moment when Suri just, she has that, that moment where she felt really cool and then nothing happened. And then out of nowhere, the blade whirls in and just slams right into her mirror self on an angle arcing from shoulder all the way down to the opposite hip. The top section of her mirrored self kind of slides down and falls and then the entire thing shatters into almost, it almost looks like glitter shards of of mirrored glass before falling to the ground. There is a spray of glass that reflects the glittering light from your magical blade that flows with the energy of Mamahu. You hear that same chorus sing again, Mamahu. And the blade leaves a trail of light as it comes back to its standing position. Oh my gosh. Way to go, Suri. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It is now Cecil's turn. Cecil, who is still engaged with Glass Bear, uh, but now has three glowing rocks in their hands, uh, grabs one and just hooks it at the Glass Bear. Oh, for... Are we allowed to swear on this podcast? We've been doing it. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah. (laughs) Um... Uh, so, uh, oh, for fuck's sake, I rolled a fucking two. That's six to attack. I am... Cecil's not having a good day. You cast out this stone that glows with divine magic, and you miss. It's now Glass Ollie's turn. Glass Ollie is going to roll to try and disappear. You see that a poof of smoke forms around Glass Ollie, but that... Glass Ollie does not disappear, and still standing there. So now he's just going to attack Ollie normally. What's your AC? Uh, my AC is 15. And he misses again as he tries to stab into you, and you dodge out of the way. It is now Bear's turn. Bear roars again and attempts to gore Cecil and hits, (laughs) dealing 12 damage to Cecil as the claws finally find their mark. Ouch. It's now top of initiative order, Hudson. All right. Uh, In spite of his losses, Hudson is still very much determined to hurt something. Um, He swipes out again with his longsword at uh, Mirror Ollie, right? Mm -hmm. He's in range. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so that is an 18. Hits. He lifts up his sword. He doesn't even have words anymore. He's just like, shouting incoherently uh, and does seven points of damage. You slash into Glass Ollie. Again, little tiny cracks form the surface, then reform after. Ollie. All right, I'm going to get... Again, I'm doing that shift move so I can get next to me. So, oh, wait, I, Hudson's engaged, so I don't have to do that at all. Never mind. Uh, I'm going to attack him. 
Oh, yes, it's going to hit, I think. Okay, so that's a 14 plus 5, so that's a 19 to hit. Hits. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so, again, I'm going to be using uh, Booming Blade and Sneak Attack. And that is my base damage is 3 plus 14, so 17 damage. 17 damage. Your blade pierces the glass surface of Glass Ollie, and the cracks that form do not disappear, but Glass Ollie is still standing. Sir Sissa, unless Ollie, do you have a bonus action? Um, I am, don't have anything I'm going to do for a bonus action. Okay, Sir Sissa, it's now your turn. I'm going to send my spiritual weapon out against uh, Glass Bear Cecil. Ten. Don't think it Ten does, not does anything. All right. That is a bonus action. So, um, all right. So since that didn't hit, I guess I will cast a spell instead for my full action. I am within movement range to go up and touch Bear Cecil, right? Yes. Okay. I go up into uh, touch range. Cecil, no, hold on, I'm coming. I run up to it. I slam my head forward and I cast Inflict Wounds. So I will make a melee spell attack against a creature I can reach. And a 15 hits. 15 does 17. hit. Sorry. 17, 17 does hit. And now I'm doing 3d10 necrotic damage. That is a 27. I missed yeah. Describe how you destroy this bear. Ah! Holy sh... Again, Suri ran up, throwing her hand out in order to deliver the spell. And she just feels this surge of power. And instead of going out and kind of slapping her hand against it the way she had intended to, her hand forms a fist and it just buries itself deep into the solar plexus of that bear. Uh, around the hole where her fist entered, everything spider webs and cracks and shatters and falls to the ground as dust. And she just looks down at her hand like, did I? I didn't. Did I? Oh, wow. Are you okay, Cecil? Cecil just kind of awkwardly scrambles backwards, I feel like probably tripping, and is now just on their their butt looking up at you, very in awe. I, I, I'm not going to hurt you, I promise. I'm not, I would never, I, I wouldn't, I don't even like, I, sorry. Cecil, it's now your turn. What is still up? This is Mirror Ollie, right? There is, it's just Mirror Ollie. Cecil takes a moment to continue looking at Suri in awe and then glances around, focuses in on the last remaining creature, uh, still has two magic stones in their hands, and then just grabs one and chucks it over. Uh, for gosh darn sake, seven. Misses. And then just kind of slumps back down and looks miserable at themselves. Ollie's, it's now Glass Ollie's turn. Glass Ollie is going to attack. I believe that also provokes an attack of opportunity from Hudson. So go ahead and make a tackle if you choose to do so. Is he moving out of my... Yes. 
towards Ollie, because Ollie's on the other side of you. Uh, that is a... <laughs> that is a seven. You miss, and what's your AC, Ollie? Fifteen. Hits. You take nine damage <laughs> as the dagger bites into your chest, leaving a shallow cut. Hudson. Alrighty. Hudson's gonna attack again. 17 on the die. Hits. 11 points of damage. 11 points of damage. You slash into Glass Ollie. More spider webs form in the surface and don't go away, but Glass Ollie is still standing. Ollie, it's your turn. I attack myself. Nat 20. <laughs> Woohoo! Yes! Woo! Roll your crit damage. Oh, this is going to be a stupid amount of damage. That is 21 points of damage. What? What? Ollie, describe how you finish yourself. Um, After Ollie gets pierced in the chest, he's like, that's a good idea. <laughs> just stabs him straight in the chest, the same place that he just got stabbed. You pierce his mirrory flesh, and he too shatters and crumbles the shards disappearing into the mirrored surface of the ground. And with that, combat ends. Woo! Victory! Well, the player is very excited. Suri's still just kind of standing there with her hands on her face, staring at the places where the mirrored things were, looking very little shell-shocked. Hudson's holding onto his longsword, like trying to calm himself down. He's breathing very heavy, like, Okay. Ow. Cecil's still sitting on the floor, breathing heavily. Is everybody okay? Ollie's clutching at his chest, which is bleeding a lot. He looks pretty beat up. Oh no, buddy! This is not a very fun escape room. Can anybody, like, I don't know, band-aids or... Ollie's really hurt. I, it's fine. I'm totally fine. Don't worry about it. I've had worse. <sighs> Hudson also has a big gash across his chest, but he seems to not notice it. He's just concerned. Cecil, you okay? Do you need help getting up, buddy? Cecil will look up at you and just silently, sheepishly nod. Hudson holds out a hand. Cecil grabs on. So as you help Cecil up, you notice that Cecil's Lothmorin blazer has been just slashed wide open and they are bleeding rather profusely. Oh no, here, take my jacket. Hudson takes off his jacket to give to Cecil to cover them up. Revealing no, his own you, singular gash in his shoulder. You, you, there's, Cecil's a bit, I think, shocked. So uh, despite the fact that they probably would not accept the gift of this jacket irregularly, just just lets it happen. Hudson's wearing a what was once a white V-neck t-shirt, well fitted. It is now crimson red. With at least three people, possibly all of us injured, Suri is going to start her prayer of healing. Please, Mama, please grant us your light, grant us your warmth. Please let me heal my friends, maybe? I don't know, but please, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening, and I'm scared. But this is the one thing that I know you can do. Please help us all. Uh, for ten minutes. It's just a, a running, very much uh, stream of consciousness, begging, pleading uh, for the gift of healing. 
Okay. Sursisa, you kneel to cast a spell to beseech help from Amahu. You're all hurt in various ways from the creatures you just fought. Suri kneels down to beseech Mamahu for healing to help all of you recover. And you feel the room start to vibrate. This soft vibration that comes beneath your feet, shaking you softly from side to side. And you see the light in the room starts to dim and the glass becomes reflective again. You see your reflections are all where you're standing, normally moving with you. And the pedestal with the box rises from the ground again, this tower of liquid moving glass. And at the top, the box shudders for a second and then opens. White, frothing magic starts to pour from the surface looking like mist that clings to the ground, falls down and forms a slow hanging fog against your feet. And you all hear... Aptitude test completed. Engaging system voice. Well, it appears you are all worthy. Take this. You see from the surface of the box, inside of it, rise four wisps of energy that hover in the air for a second and then turn different colors. One turns yellow, one turns green, one turns red, and one turns blue. And each one of them zooms at you and before you can react, bursts into your chest in a wave of light. You feel this slight bit of electricity prickle on the surface of your skin and then go still. Seek what lies below, and perhaps you'll find something worth your while. The box closes, and the mist on the ground starts to rise and rise and thicken until the mirrored glass disappears, the world goes white once more, and then it finally starts to settle, come down lower and lower, and lower, until you are in, standing up, the arcane spellcast room. You all sort of shake the fog out off your clothes, little bits of white powder puff off through the sides. And you see, standing in front of you, holding three books, looking very concerned, is Tella Baines, the old arcane spellcasting teacher. What are you all doing here? We were, uh... Uh, extra credit. Extra credit. With me? I don't remember arranging this. You were all sort of just standing there, staring into space. What time is it? Is it still lunchtime? No, lunchtime ended over an hour ago. It's 1.50. Shouldn't you all be in class? We totally should, uh... 
Are you skipping in my classroom? It would appear we are. I'm afraid I'm going to have to give you all detention. What? No! No, we're going to class! We're going, we're going. No. Right, guys? We're going to class. You see Tella waves his hand and these slips of paper appear in front of all of you saying detention Monday after school. All right, uh, well, that was weird. Nice to do an escape room with all of you. Uh, escape room. I... What game? Yeah, don't worry about it. It's a, it's a thing that Oliver. kids do. It's a, it's a Are we all still hurt? No, the healing spell has taken place. Um, in that case, we all get 14 healing, uh, 14 HP back. Woo! Shit, son. You see the marks and various damage that you took disappears, save for the ruined clothing. Oliver, that is a unique fashion statement you are making. Is it within the dress code? Well, I don't think my nipples are showing, so I think it's fine. Detention again! I only have detention! You can't give me detention again! Waves his hand, another slips appears in front of you. It says detention next <gasps> week on Tuesday. Please be sure to inform your parents that you will be spending extra time here next week. Uh, if, I, if anyone cared, then I would inform them, but... I didn't think there was a dress code here. Is there a dress code here? What's the dress code? The only dress code there is is that you must not show an inappropriate amount of skin. Otherwise, you could be a distraction to your other students. Inappropriate amount of skin. Cecil doesn't know, but Cecil closes Hudson's jacket over themselves just a bit more. Uh, hey, I just remembered that I need help getting into my locker from all of you. Could you help me, please? Oh, yeah, I could just bust open the lock. It's super easy, dude. Sweet, I need help from all of you, though. Please do not break school property. See yourselves out of my classroom, please. inching away. Bye! Start backing. Goodbye. You go out into the upper level hallway. You do not see a glass door anywhere. That was like... So once we're out in the hallway, uh, I just kind of gesture at everyone. I'm like, what What the hell was that? What? Yo, you're the one that did goes you here, all man. Feel like, did you all feel like a thing going inside you and then ghost weird energy all over your skin and like a... Yeah. Is that... Is, what, what? Do you hear that weird voice? Bro, this is your school. I don't know what goes on here. I, it's not my school. I don't actually own it. Ricky might, but... That's a smart weasel. I don't. What? Is this normal? No, this is not normal. This is very strange. Uh, 
Anyway, I think that we should all uh, maybe like exchange Chris numbers or something. Oh, we're gonna be friends. Yeah, I. Uh, um, I, I guess it, maybe we could maybe try to look up see if does Farnham have any like even weird ghost stories that might or, or urban legends anything we could try to research it. I mean, I don't know. I I only transferred to the school really recently, so I, I don't really know. But yeah, we could try. But Hudson's. I mean, he, here's my number. I'm gonna like reach for Hudson's Chris phone first to put my. It's number in, in his hand. He's like very excitedly waiting to get everyone's numbers. While he starts putting his number in Hudson's phone. Oh, um, and looks at Surrey. Yeah. Uh, uh, does the same. Looks at Cecil. Cecil looks at the three of you and takes off Hudson's coat and sort of shoves it back in Hudson's direction. Listen, uh, it's kind of obvious that you don't like us, but we I feel like we're in this together and, uh, I don't know, just maybe cut me a break. What? Cecil and I go way back. Cecil's one of my first best buddies. Right, Cecil? Uh, I... I also, you might want to put this back on, because that guy over there said that, like, we have to cover up, and I don't know what inappropriate is. Well, well, uh, well, well I, I already, I already have two detentions, and uh, it, it's pretty clear that the three, three of you are, are very talented, and were bestowed some sort of strange quest so I'm I, I'm just gonna go home now wait, wait 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 I'm sorry no you can't you can't do that you were there too the entire time and it happened to you also yeah you got the green stone remember favorite color I, I, I don't know if the rest of you noticed but you all just saved all of us and I well, we also missed a lot too. There was a lot of just us not doing great, but you know, sometimes that's the way it goes. But you're in this with us. Yeah, bro. You're one of us now. I think it was like a group project and you're in our group. Cecil just kind of looks at the floor and no longer makes any objections. Anyways, I actually still have Cecil's phone number from like way back when, so I'll give it to you guys instead. All right, thanks. So, Ollie, one thing you did you noticed when you grabbed Suri's phone is that there are entries for mom, dad, uh, and then four other names, and that is it. That's it. That is it. Hudson's address book is a list of descriptions of people and very few names. A lot of them start with babe. All right, just asking. Uh, do, do do all of you like memes? Because I'll send you memes if you like them. I guess what? it would depend on the meme. All right, I guess we'll find out. And that's where we'll end our session. This has been Fast Times at D&D High. I'm Persephone, and you can find me at Persephoroth everywhere online. But why would you want to? Boobs. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, accurate. <laughs> They're not wrong. Uh, I'm Caro, and you can find me on the interwebs at Caromer, spelled with a zero. I'm Nuance, and you can follow me at Shatteraven on Twitter and Books and Wunch on Twitch, where you can check out Dungeons and Dratis, my Pokemon homebrew. I'm Ren, and I live on Twitter at Atomic Firebird. I'm also at Twitch at uh, make underscore believe underscore, where I run some indie system one shots. I'm Elise, and I am a human meat suit piloted by several sentient otters, and I am not on the internet. Do not at me. You can also find all of us on Twitter, including Elise, at Fast Times D&D. That's Fast Times D, the letter N, D. If you want to support us, please visit us at patreon.com slash fasttimesdnd. Again, that's fasttimesd, letter N, D. If you want to know more about the world, the players, or the characters, check us out at fasttimesdnd.com. Transcripts of our episode audio are provided by Z Bowditch at fandomjunkiez, that's Z-E-E, on Twitter. Fast Times at D&D High is an Arcanacast production, copyright 2020, all rights reserved. Our editor is Derek B. Perry. Our theme song was produced by Derek B. Perry and Ashley Abbott. Our background music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons. Find individual track listings in our show notes. And that's everything. Still don't at me. Tune in next time to Fast Times at D&D High. Or if we convince Elise to join Twitter so that you can, in fact, at her. She's so on Twitter. She's already on it. I made her on Twitter. She's already on You're Twitter. You're going to have to find it. She's so grumpy about it. I love it. I think it's in the Twitter description. It's definitely in the Twitter description. <laughs> We're not going to tell. Tune in next time, y'all. Bye.